0: Somebody say Jesus. Jesus. If you're writing the comments online today, type in the name Jesus. Say it again, Jesus. Jesus. Who do you want to talk about today? Hey, okay, who do you want to talk about today? I think we should talk about all the cute babies in the room. us this morning? Two-month-old grandson, Lucan? Lincoln. Lincoln. Well, welcome to church, Lincoln. It's good to see you today. Two months old. And Nicole, you brought somebody with you that we've never met before. I did. I did. Eleanor. Eleanor. So, you know, you can lift up the car seat if you want. <laughs> She's just like daddy. Yeah. Hi, Eleanor. So she's not like mom at all, then? That's awesome. We're on the move. Well, Zoe, do you like being a big sister? Yeah. You get to go to school? Oh, that's exciting. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad you're here, baby Eleanor. Can you say Jesus yet? (laughs) <laughs> you know, he was, a, he was a baby just like you, believe it or not. Well, how many know that Jesus was British? <laughs> good, I got the blank stares, that's a good sign. No, I'm kidding, he was Filipino. No, who was he? He was a Jew. Jesus was a Jew. Now, so many times... You know, we see pictures of Jesus in the movies, through social media, in a children's book. And sometimes he doesn't look Jewish in those things. Now, more recently, some of the more modern stuff has taken into account the fact that Jesus probably didn't look like he was from Europe or North America. Jesus doesn't typically look like you or me, for those of us who are European descent. He was a Jew. He obeyed all the laws, followed all the customs, and did everything right, and he did everything well. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Can you say Son of God? God. Jesus is the Son of God. We believe that he is God, and we definitely believe today that he is the Messiah the Savior of the Jews, and the Savior of the world, the Savior for you in me. Now, Jesus performed so many miracles. We see all the ones that we can read about in the New Testament, all the different miracles that Jesus performed, we can read about. We can imagine and dream about all the miracles that were not recorded that he performed. He performed so many miracles. However... Some of the Pharisees, religious leaders of the day, the people that were in charge, they responded differently than the others to Jesus' miracles. They were curious as to who this Jesus was and why was Jesus performing miracles. Because believe it or not, even before Jesus came, if God would allow it, people could perform miracles as well. And the Pharisees were known to perform miracles as well, But prior to Jesus' arrival, rabbis would distinguish miracles that everyday, average, ordinary people could do with the power of God. And then there was the miracles that only the Messiah could do. There were miracles that only the one who God had chosen to be the Messiah, to be the chosen one for salvation, there were miracles that only he could do. And the rabbis would differentiate between the types of miracles. And so if they were praying for somebody and they were expecting a miracle to take place and it didn't happen, the rabbi would simply say, that miracle is reserved for the Messiah. I can't do that. And so they made this list and they came out with four messianic miracles. Can you say messianic miracles? Oh, good. You're with me. This is good stuff. I'm really curious to to know today, I I don't know how I turned it on, but when I was checking out the live stream on Facebook, I turned on the closed captioning when Pastor Katie was talking. And it's delayed, but it shows you the words that, you know, is, is on the screen. I thought that was really fascinating. So I'm really curious to see how Messianic Miracles picks up on Facebook's closed captioning algorithms, okay? Now the Pharisees were often present when Jesus would perform a miracle because they heard word that he was doing some incredible things and they wanted to see what was happening. Now, this is important because they were desperate for their Messiah. They were desperate for freedom. The Israelites, the Jews, they were desperate and waiting passionately for the Messiah to come. And so the Pharisees they were waiting in anticipation for the Messiah to come, and so when someone would perform a miracle, they would send an investigative team team kind of like the Transport Canada would send a team to a plane crash or to a, a big accident on the highway. they would send a team to investigate what is going on here who is this guy? Maybe this one, maybe this one is the Messiah and there were even circumstances where where rabbis and ordinary people would perform a messianic miracle. There are moments where even average, ordinary people or the rabbi would perform a messianic miracle. And so what does that mean? They double the size of the investigative team. Is this the one? Is this the one that we've been waiting for? Is this the Messiah And they would follow him and they would search. And then when they'd come to a situation where that person could not perform another messianic miracle, they would back off and say, no, clearly this is not the Messiah. And they would go back to waiting. They'd go back again and again and again. Now, trying to put ourselves in the feet of a Jewish person... Living in the first century is probably a little bit difficult for us. So the Israelites have never really had a lot of freedom. Because if you read through the Old Testament, they would be obedient to God. They would follow his laws. They were wandering, they were wandering, wander around and no one knows the song. Okay. They were wander, and then they would be taken captive by somebody else as a form of punishment, as a way to bring them back to God, to repent. And when they repented, things would go well for them. And then based on the king they had, they would do well or they would do poor. And they went this back and forth, on again, off again relationship. They're serving God, they're following Him. Even when things are hard, God is with them, God is providing for them, and then things kind of go downhill when they turn away from Him. And when things go downhill without God... There's very little hope except for those who remember the promises of God. There's very little hope except for those who remember the promises of God. And so when generations would pass and people would forget about who God is, when people would forget, there was always some old timer that would show up and say, remember, remember where we came from. Remember our ancestors. God delivered them from Egypt. God delivered them across the Red Sea. We just talked about that with the kids. He would say, remember the promises that God would establish his kingdom. That God would use Israel to be a blessing to the nations. And all the people would rally behind this man. And they would come back to God and things would go well for them again. Things were still hard. They're still in captivity but they had a hope. They had hope again. They began to dream of what life would be like when the Messiah came. And so this is where we find the Jews at in the first century. They're desperately waiting. They've gone through Egyptian rule. They've gone through the Babylonian and Assyrian empires, and now they're living under the rule of the Romans. Now, I don't know if you know this, but living under the rule of the Romans was not really a nice time to live because the Romans were absolutely brutal people. You can watch all the police brutality videos you want. Now, picture that, but multiply that exponentially, and that's what it's like living in Rome. Especially when you're not a Roman citizen. And so they were desperately waiting for a messiah. This is what's going through their minds. You know, it's amazing when we try to comprehend, what goes through their minds of a person living in this time. You know, I, I, if you follow the news, they say that we may have an election coming up. And we're kind of waiting to see if that's going to happen. We're going to see, is the prime minister still going to be our prime minister? Is there going to be a new prime minister? What's going to happen? We've got a new governor general there ready to go. A new government, we're waiting. Israel's waiting to find out. They're waiting for another Moses. They're waiting for another Joshua to come and set them free. They're waiting for another superhero to come. In their desperation for freedom, in their desperation of the pursuit of this, they forgot the real purpose of the Messiah was to bring them salvation, to heal them from their sin, to save them from the eternal darkness that they faced. Yeah, it was nice when we had control and we had influence and we could make decisions for ourselves when we could be our own kingdom. But they forgot that the Messiah was coming to set them free from their sin. So every time someone was found performing a miracle, the Pharisees would come. The Pharisees would show up and they'd say, maybe this is the one. John the Baptist was gaining popularity. There were some incredible things happening. So they went and they questioned him. They said, John, are you the one? And his response was, no. Then Jesus. Someone say, then Jesus. Then Jesus appears on the scene. He didn't perform one miracle. He didn't perform two. He didn't perform three. He performed all four messianic miracles all four. The authorities had to conclude that either he was the Messiah or reject him because of their jealousy and have him put to death in order to prevent the people from following him and abandoning their religious ways of life. Now, over the next month, as we kind of wrap up our summer this year, we want to talk about the four miracles that Jesus performed. We want to throw off the things that would pull us into religion, and we want to take on and do the things that would push us into a relationship with Jesus. So last week, I talked about Nehemiah and Ezra, and if I can say his name, Zebru Babel, who, I can never get it right. Frank's laughing at me already. It's perfect. You know, they did all the right things. They wore the right robes. They played the right songs. They did the right rituals. They did the right sacrifices. They did all the right things, and yet people were still crying. People were still wailing. The elders who had seen the presence of God in the temple before were crying because the presence of God was not there. Even though they did everything right on the outside, the presence of God was not there. In fact, I don't know if I shared it last week, you can read, Nehemiah is literally walking through the streets along the wall and he's seeing people that are living in sin and he's beating them up. Because he's a big guy, he's strong, he's a construction guy, he built a wall, right? He's literally beating people up saying, get your life together, man. This is not the way we're supposed to live. Start following the law because he was desperate for God's people to fall in love with God. He was desperate for the relationship. And so the next few weeks, we want to throw off the things that are going to get us tied up in religion, and we're going to pursue the things that get us tied up and caught up in the relationship. Because I want us to be passionately in love with Jesus from the inside. I want us to do what is right because we have a desire to serve God from the inside. I don't want to sing the right songs just because I like the song, because it means that maybe it makes me feel good. I want to sing a song that tells Jesus what I think of him. I want to sing a song About Jesus, I want to tell him that I love him because I truly do. I don't want to just sing about it, I want to believe it. I want to sing songs like Waymaker because I believe it, not just because it's a nice idea. I want our community to not be tied into religion. I want us to throw off the things that would prohibit us from getting close to the Father. I want us to get close to Jesus because, after all, He is the Messiah. Do you want to follow the Savior of the world or do you want to live your life with hope and freedom? A true freedom. So let's fall in love with Jesus this summer. Can we do that? Can we do that instead? Instead of focusing on the right things, let's just focus on the person. And the right things will follow. All right, how many are ready to read the Bible so you know that I'm not making this stuff up? Let's go to Mark chapter 1 today. Now, I'm going to get there fast because I got the bookmark in the right spot this week. But Mark chapter 1, we're going to read an incredible story. The first messianic miracle. Someone say messianic miracle again. It's funny how the messianic miracles got things a little messy for Jesus. Just this the way it worked out. All right, has anyone here ever had leprosy before? Anybody at all? Anybody had leprosy? All right, if you have leprosy, Frank is going to be in charge of the lepers because he's secluded in his corner over there. If you have leprosy, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go sit in that corner, and I want you to stay there, put the mask on, and we're going to get some plastic and cover that section off as a quarantine area, okay? That is our leper corner from this point on today only, okay? If you have leprosy, go join Frank. No one has leprosy. All right. Pretend... I'm going to pick on you, Frank. Are you okay with that? Perfect. If you can't see, Frank is sitting right under the camera, so online you can't see him. But if Frank was a leopard today, well, actually we could just say if Frank had COVID today, he shouldn't be here, but if he did, it's true, right? It's the same idea. We're separating those who are sick. If Frank wanted to get up to refill his coffee he would have to get up and declare that he is unclean. And he would shout it from the rooftops, and the rest of us would get out of his way as he made his way to the coffee pot to get more coffee. And then he would yell, unclean, unclean, as he made his way back. Now, Frank, having leprosy, he can't come to the front, okay? When I invite people to come for prayer, which I haven't done in a year and a half because you shouldn't touch people. But when I make that invitation to come to the front and ask for prayer and say, you know, Jesus heals when we lay hands and anoint, which is true. Frank's not allowed because he has leprosy. Okay? The guy who needs the miracle the most, the guy who needs to be clean the most, can't come to the front and be healed. This is what it means to be a leper. All right, so let's read the story. So again, you know I'm not making this stuff up. Mark chapter 1, verse 40. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, will you make me clean? Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand. Now, let me just say, he wasn't indignant like he didn't care. He didn't care that he had leprosy. He was indignant of his disease. He reached out his hand and he touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded you for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Remember, who was it that would... that would do the investigation for the Messiah. It was the priests, the rabbis, Pharisees. Go tell them that it would be a testimony to them. But this is what he did instead. I mean, come on, you've been in quarantine for a year and a half, finally you have freedom, are you really going to go to the the priest and you're going to go talk to the official? No, you're going to go and tell everybody about what just happened. That's exactly what he does. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in the lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. So being a leper, you had an incurable disease. You had a highly contagious disease. No one wanted to be around you. You were an outcast. You were, as we just read here, required to stay in the lonely parts of town. You could go nowhere, you could go see nobody, you were an outcast. I'm not going to ask you to put your hands up, but maybe you know what it's like to be an outcast. Maybe you have felt what it's like to be on the outside. Let me tell you this, Jesus doesn't care if you're an outsider. Jesus doesn't care if you're from the lonely places. Now, some things that we need to pay attention to. In first century Israel, the law was clear. If you were to touch a leper, or even be downwind and have the possibility to catch the disease, you would be declared unclean. You would defile yourself, meaning that you were no longer able to enter the temple or the synagogue. You could not offer sacrifices, which means you could not do anything to atone for your sins. You would become ceremony unclean just by touching a a dead human body, a dead animal body or live in touch with an unclean animal, such as a pig. Lepers were not even allowed to come to the gates of the city and would have to stand downwind from others. If they were coming close, people would have to shout out, unclean, unclean, unclean. No one was allowed to have human contact with lepers. So what is this a big deal? Why, 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 why could we not pray for lepers to be healed. Why could no one else perform this miracle? Well, it was believed that if you had leprosy, that it was a curse from God because of the sin in your life or the sin of your parents. And who forgives sins? God. Only God can forgive sins. And if only God can forgive sins, that means only God can heal you from leprosy. Therefore, even though I'm the pastor. I can pray for you, but only God can forgive sins, so I can't help you. Now Jesus changes that for us in the future, but we're not there yet. So Jesus comes along, and he heals him. Jesus comes along and offers this man a full healing and a full forgiveness of his sins. And how come he could do that? Because he was the Messiah. He was the Messiah. Even though they thought this was a punishment from God, the Messiah freed him from his bondage. It's surprising that this man even approached Jesus. It's surprising in the first place that he would even dare take a step toward him. We know that he had faith in Christ's power to heal him. He had incredible faith because he says, if you are willing. He never questioned Jesus' ability. He doesn't question the power of Jesus. He just says, if you are willing. You know, I kind of wonder sometimes. You know, even as a pastor, sometimes I just doubt. You know, we we got things to do. There's kind of some mountains in the way. You know, I know in my mind, yeah, God, you're able. And sometimes we pray, God, I know you are, but maybe I just need to change the attitude a little bit and say, God, are you willing? If you are willing. Because that statement alone, my heart takes a posture to say, yeah, I believe that you can. So when I ask if you're willing, my heart already believes. And so instead, sometimes, if we never questioned Jesus' ability, what would our faith be like? Would we have faith to see those mountains moved? Would we have faith to see the sick healed? Would we have faith to see, believe it or not, the dead rise? I've never seen that happen before. (laughs) That would be something else. What would our faith be like if we never questioned the ability of Jesus? When we display the same faith that this leper had, the impossible becomes possible. The sick are healed, mountains are moved, the unclean are made clean. Leprosy is not a problem for the Messiah. Leprosy is not a problem for the Messiah. In light of what we know about what leprosy meant to the first century Jews, we realize for the Messiah... Leprosy was not something to be avoided or be defiled by, but something to be overcome so that the sufferer could be released from both the pain and the humiliation. He was finally free. So here's our challenge today. Do not be afraid. If you walk with Jesus, if you've been filled with his spirit, do not be afraid to touch the lepers. Do not be afraid to get dirty to do the same for someone else. I'm not telling you to go and be reckless. All right, be safe. But have faith. Don't be afraid to go to the people that everyone thinks are outcast. Don't be afraid to reach the people and pray for the people and bring them to Jesus because someone thinks they're not worthy. If more people thought that they were worthy to come into the presence of Jesus, I think more churches would be full. And how do people know that they can come to Jesus? How are they going to know if he's willing when we show them the love of God? When we take the step of faith and we declare that he is willing and he is able. You know, there's another story in Luke 17. You can find it in 12 to 14. There's a record of Jesus healing more lepers. In fact, it was 10 unclean lepers. They shouted to Jesus. They didn't even get close They were were obeying the law. They said, hey, Jesus, shouted at him from a distance. Have mercy on us. Jesus then commanded them to go show themselves to the priest. And so they went and they were cleansed. No contact was even made. This case, Jesus not only heals one leper, he heals ten of them at once. Twice he does the same miracle. The second time, it's more than one. Now, moments before, if you read just a few pages previous to this encounter, Jesus had read the scroll that the Messiah would come to set the captives free. And indeed, the next moment in the story, Jesus comes and he sets a captive free. So, here's where I wonder where we're at today. I wonder if there's anything in our lives that are keeping us from freedom. Is there anything in our lives that are keeping us from the freedom to worship, from our inside out? Are there doubts that we have in our minds that are keeping us from walking in the life that Jesus is calling us to, into the new life that he's calling us to? Because the Messiah came to set the captives free. He came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to heal the lepers. Are you running or hiding from him because you are unclean? Oh, if if you only knew what was inside my heart. If you only knew the things that I had done. If you only knew the things in my past. The Messiah came to set you free. He's not afraid to meet with you. You can never make him unclean because he is perfect and he is holy. The closer you get to Jesus, the more he wants to cleanse you. It's not the opposite. It's amazing. It's a miracle. You know, they talk about the lamb taking, being the sacrifice, the pure, spotless lamb. They would literally take the best lamb, the most white lamb they could find, and the wool of that lamb would turn Red from the blood. But the thing is with Jesus, yes, his blood ran down for us. But when he came back to life, he was spotless. He was white as snow. And so the closer we get to Jesus, the cleaner we get. The more freedom that we have. Jesus is not afraid to meet with you. So if you're afraid of something in your life, if you're afraid of sin, if you're afraid what's going to happen, get close to the Messiah. Let him come alive inside of you. For the rest of us, don't be afraid to go out and reach out to those who are hurting and broken. Yes, messy is hard. Yes, messy is difficult. And it may even seem impossible to human hands. But God has called, God has chosen, and God has equipped you through the power of his Holy Spirit to do these incredible works. To be the city on a hill, the light in the dark. Much like the first century who viewed this miracle as a sign of the Messiah, our culture today, I believe, is desperately looking for hope. And so we have the option today to choose how we present Jesus. We have the option to choose how we represent Jesus. It can be really easy for us to say, hey, you know what? That's a little bit too difficult. That's a little bit too messy. You're a little bit too unclean for me. How about you just watch church online instead of coming with me? I don't know if you'd fit in here. If you ever say that to anybody, I'm kicking you out. (laughs) Nicely, of course. But just like the Pharisees, we must choose to accept that Jesus is the Messiah or choose to ignore the fact that he's the Messiah and live like he hasn't come yet and live like there is no hope, which means I can do whatever I want to do to make myself happy. That's what happens when we reject Jesus as the Messiah. We do whatever we want, whatever makes us feel good. And instead of getting clean and finding our purpose, we find ourselves in brokenness. Jesus was finally recognized as the Messiah because he helped a leper. But he was received as the Messiah because they recognized the authority he had to forgive our sins. So why should we follow Jesus? And I close with this. Jesus is the Lord of creation. Jesus is the source of reconciliation. Jesus is the reason for the believer's hope. Jesus is the strength to live a new life. Jesus is our Redeemer. Jesus is 100% fully God. Jesus is the reason the cosmos exists and hold it all together. Jesus is the head of the church. Jesus is the resurrected one. Jesus is the preeminent person in the universe. Jesus is the peacemaker between God and humanity. Jesus is the one who works Mighty in us. Why should we accept Jesus as the Messiah? Come back and listen to that list again. But Jesus has the authority to forgive. Let's pray. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. I thank you for sending the perfect Messiah. I thank you for sending him with all authority of heaven and earth, Lord, to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us, to make us whole again. Holy Spirit, I thank you for the power that you display, Lord, through Jesus, and I thank you for the power that you can display through us today to show the world that the Messiah lives. Jesus, Lord, in this moment, in these next few days and weeks, Lord, I pray that we would throw off anything, Lord, that would hinder us from getting close to the Savior. Jesus, would you purify our hearts? Lord, if there's things that we need to deal with, the messy things, Lord, we know that it's not too much for you to handle. So, Lord, would you deal and handle those things in our lives through faith today? If you wanted to take a minute this morning and pause and reflect and just ask the holy spirit just to search your heart and your mind because sometimes we have blind sides there's things that we don't see that maybe others see but there's things that we don't see that god sees and so would we take a minute and we would we just ask god to search our heart this morning take a moment and ask god to search your heart say lord is there anything here that needs to be refined through your fire? Is there anything here, God, that you need to deal with in my life? Jesus, I thank you that you never condemn us. Lord, we may feel the conviction, but, Lord, you never condemn us. Lord, you never make us feel guilty. And so, God, today I pray, Lord, and I thank you for the salvation that you offer. I thank you for the freedom that you offer. God, I praise you that you are with us here and that you will go before us as we leave and you will go with us wherever we find ourselves. Jesus, as we start off this next week, would you begin, Lord, to come alive inside of us? Lord, would you stir a hope up inside of us that is contagious? Lord, that we would be presented to the world as we walk out of these doors as people that are holy and blameless in your sight because of Jesus. If you have, in your heart this morning, kind of said to yourself, yeah, that's what I want. I want to follow Jesus. I would encourage you to come just share that with me this morning as we dismiss. If you're online or maybe you're going to go home and you're going to think about this today and you're going to ponder some of these thoughts and maybe you're going to go out this week and try to ignore the Messiah and if you come to a point, you say, I can't ignore Jesus anymore. I need to find him now then you can call me or text me or message me or you can even just go to our website say, what does it really mean to follow Jesus? We made it really easy. You just head to our website, the slash follow. There's a little bit of a write-up of what that means and you can let us know that you decided to follow Jesus. And then we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate that Jesus has made you whole again. So I pray in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That the God of gods, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, would go with you. That you'd be blessed as you go. That you'd praise him from the top of your lungs to the whisper of your voice. Would you go and be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for joining us here in this room. Thank you so much for joining us online. Thank you so much for our kids today, for being kids and reminding us of how precious they are in the sight of the Lord. Baby Eleanor, I'm so glad you got to come today. Baby Lincoln, I know you're kicking around out there. I'm glad to have you here too. And for Glory, who I think is our oldest member in the room today, it's so good to have you here too. God bless you all.